بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وصحبه ومن اهتدى بهديه وتحلى بصفاته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد فقد قال تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن عدة الشهور عند الله اثنا عشر شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والأرض منها أربعة حرم وقال تعالى ومن يعظم شعائر الله فإنها من تقوى القلوب صدق الله العظيم Respected ulama kiram elders and beloved brothers in Islam As we are all well away We have just entered the Islamic New Year 1445. 1445 years after the Hijrat, the migration of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from Makkatul Mukarramah to Al-Madinatul Munawwara, in reality for a person to recognize and identify with the Islamic calendar. Ulama explain is a sign of Iman within the heart. The ayat that I recited in the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions very clearly, وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ That person who has iman. And the dictate of the iman causes him to respect, to honor, to hold in high esteem the salient features of the deen of Islam. He identifies with, he recognizes the salient features of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ Then take this as a guarantee from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a stamp of approval, that this person has taqwa, the consciousness of Allah within his heart. The iman within his heart, the dictate of that iman has caused him to recognize the salient features of the deen of Islam. Unfortunately, because we are living in a land wherein the Gregorian calendar is the norm, we find very rarely that a Muslim, a believer, identifies with the Islamic calendar. But for us to understand what a beautiful calendar Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, that the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and every feature of the deen of Islam is full of blessings. Full of goodness, full of wisdom. Ulama explained the Islamic calendar begins with the month of Muharram. Which in the Arabic language means something full of honor, respect and dignity. In other words, Allah is saying to the believer, you begin your year with honor and dignity. This is your beginning, full of respect, full of honor, full of blessing. And then as we move through the year, then will come the month of Rabi'ul Awwal. Where generally the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is revisited. His birth, his achievements, his demise. And then the Islamic calendar continues. And we come to the month of Rajab and Sha'ban. Where Allah has given us Laylatul Bara'a, the 15th night of Sha'ban. And we hear year in and year out the blessings, the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that particular night. And how many souls Allah frees from the fire of Jahannam. And all of this in preparation, finally the month of Ramadan comes. And nothing more has to be said about the month of Ramadan. Everyone has experienced within his own heart and his own life, that no matter what the level of a person's iman may have been, no matter how close or how far he may have been to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but in Ramadan he felt different. The feeling was different, the air was different around him. The anwar and the barakat of the month of Ramadan, and then when the Hilal for Shawwal was cited, then began the Mawsim, the season of Hajj. We ulama explain from the four corners of the world, the lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their minds and hearts turn towards Haramin. That I hope my name will also be called. 
And the topic of discussion in every Muslim home, who is fortunate, whose name has come out. And each person is trying and hoping and making dua that I will also be called to present myself before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we reach the month of Dhul Hijjah, finally the, the days of Hajj arrive. And the Haji goes and he takes part in all the rituals of Hajj. He stands in Mina, he stands in Muzdalifah, he stands in Arafah. He makes tawaf around the Kaaba, he makes sa'i between Safa and Marwa. And the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Man hajja falam yarfuth falam yafsuq. That person who will perform the pilgrimage of Hajj and he will do it correctly. He will not engage in any shameful acts. He will not hurt anybody. He will not harm anybody. He will not be vulgar to anyone. His intention is correct. Then raja'aka yawmin waladathu ummuhu. What will be his condition when he returns just like the day that his mother gave birth to him? In other words, a completely clean slate, forgiven. Where the Islamic calendar began with Muharram, respect, honor, dignity. And it culminates, terminates in a season of forgiveness and mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the calendar Allah has given to us. And if we have to compare this, my dear brothers, with the Gregorian calendar, begins with the month of January. No substance behind it, no spirituality behind it. And we know and we have seen how the new year is generally ushered in. Where there's full of intoxication, full of partying, dancing, singing, where people conduct themselves in a completely undignified manner. The mu'min begins his year with dignity and respect. And the Gregorian calendar will continue and terminate in the month of December. And we know the matric ball will take place, the year-end parties will take place, whether it be in the businesses, whether it be in the office blocks. Again, what condition the year began, how the year is ending? Compare that to the Hijri calendar Allah has blessed us with. So one of the signs of Iman within a person's heart, a guarantee from Allah, فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ is that we recognize and we identify with the Islamic calendar. That Allah has given us this new year and what is the history behind it? The ulama explain our deen is not a dry deen. It's a deen that has substance. It is a deen which is full of tradition, full of history. What was the history of the Islamic calendar? How much do we know about it? We find in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Arabs at that time would make reference to the year of the elephant, Amul Fil, which was the year in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was born. But because of a, an incident that had taken place in that year, it was known as the year of the elephant. We've heard the incident many times. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it in Surah Al-Fil. Where that army marched against the Baytullah with the intention of destroying it. And they came perched on top of elephants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi ashabil fil. Alam yaj'al kaydahum fi tadlil. Allah completely destroyed them. But nevertheless the Arabs would refer to the year of the elephant when they would want to make a reference to any particular point in time. So this incident happened so many years after the year of the elephant or so many years before the year of the elephant. And like this it continued through the lifetime of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam leaves this world. Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu becomes the Amir. He rules for a period of two years. Again, the same practice continues. Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu replaces him as Amirul Mu'mineen. And as we know, the Islamic empire began to expand and increase 
quite dramatically during the time of Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu. Many countries, many lands were conquered. The Muslim empire began to spread. And according to Mu'arrikheen, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu is seated in the masjid on one occasion. A person comes up to him with a letter in his hand. And on this is written a promise from the Baytul Mal, from the national treasury, that a certain sum of money would be paid to this person in the month of Sha'ban. So this letter is presented before Umar bin Khattab. He looks at it and the question comes to his mind that which Sha'ban are we speaking about? Is it this Sha'ban? Is it the last year? Is it the next year? And the realization dawns upon him that now it is imperative that we have an Islamic calendar. The months were already fixed. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had already fixed a period of 12 months per year. And although the Arabs would move the months around, but nevertheless the names and the times of the month were fixed. But now we need a point in time where we begin counting years. Because the Islamic empire had expanded, there were so many stipends and wages that had to be paid out from the national treasury. Whether it came to the fees or the the salary of the mujahideen, or the Islamic governors, those who were in the employ of the Islamic state, so Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu consults with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum that we need to begin the Islamic calendar. Where should we begin? Which year should we begin from? Different suggestions are put forward. Somebody says, let us begin with the year of the birth of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The greatest bounty that Allah gave to this ummah. لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Quran also describes it. That Allah has conferred a great favor, a great blessing upon the believers. إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا When Allah sent Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam into this world. But the answer comes back that this particular incident, the birth of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam was not specific to him. Every Nabi who came into this world also had to be born. So somebody suggests, let us look at the demise of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Let us make that the first year of the Islamic calendar. Again the answer comes back, every Nabi who came into this world also had to pass away and leave this world. Somebody suggests, let us look at the year in which Salah became fard and obligatory upon the Ummah. But again the answer comes that Ibadat, physical Ibadat was not specific to this Ummah. There were nations of the past who also enjoyed different acts of Ibadat. Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu anhu comes forward and he puts the the suggestion forward to Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu, why do we not commence the Islamic calendar with the Hijrat? The migration of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam to Medina Munawwara, why? What is the significance of this migration? Is it this act of leaving everything for Allah will embody the true spirit of Iman and Islam? Despite the importance of Salah, five times a day, fard upon every individual, but salah takes five or ten minutes and it's done, it's complete. Zakat is fard once a year, but that too, it's a portion of your wealth. But what was the hijrat? For us to understand, respected brothers and elders, it's very easy to speak of it, to hear. But let us put ourselves in the picture. A person grew up his entire life, he was born in this area, Overport, Sydney, Asheville. His parents were born here, his grandparents were born here. The house that you are living in was built by your grandfather. 
The business that you are standing in was founded by your great grandfather. Your children are here, your friends are here. You know everybody in the community by name. You've got people who you can lean on for assistance when, there is, when you are in times of difficulty and need. You can drive the roads with your eyes closed. This area, this town, this locality is the only thing you know. Your business interests are here. And the call is made, give up everything and leave. But what was that call that was given to Sahaba radiallahu anhum? Leave where? This was not leaving Overport or Asheville or Durban. This was leaving Makkatul Mukarramah. Zamzam was there. The Baytullah was there. Safa Marwa was there. But they would pride themselves that we are in the khidmat, the service of the Hujjaj every year. What ulama explained, these Sahaba radiallahu anhum grew up being breastfed with the milk of the love of the Kaaba. This was their nourishment. That even the mushrikeen of Makkah would honor and revere the Kaaba Sharif. Now give up all of this and leave. And leave with what? Not with your bank account. Not with your business. Not even with the clothing that you own, but what's on your back and what can fit on one conveyance. Take that and leave. Generally in this world when a person leaves, when he migrates, He's migrating to greener pastures. There's some opportunity there, business opportunity. Or there's some position that has opened up. My salary will increase substantially. The people of Makkah, Mukarramah were businessmen. They were known for buying and selling. This was all they knew. Where are we going to Yathrib, Medina Munawwara? Where the primary occupation of the people of Medina Munawwara was farming. A field which we know nothing about. We know buying and selling. And ask those who are in the farming industry and they'll tell you, if you don't know what's happening, you'll make a loss. Business you can still learn on the go. So give up everything, that business that your grandfather founded, the home that was in your family for generations. Leave everything for what? For the pleasure of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa the hijrah was then chosen as the first year of the Islamic calendar. Because that was the act of sacrifice that embodied the spirit of Iman. So Ulama explained that every year at the turn of the calendar, the mu'min will once again get a chance to revisit the sacrifice of our forefathers. That we understand we are the fruits of which garden, my respected brothers and elders. Today I have a Muslim name. My son's name is Muhammad. My name is Abdullah. My wife's name is the name of some sahabiya or the azwaj mutahharat but do I identify with them or not? Have I understood what is the legacy that we are coming from? What did they leave for us? The question arises, my dear brothers and elders, that if hijrat was such an important event, then why was it only for a period of a few years and then there was no hijrat after that? With the hadith of Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, la hijrat ba'd al-fat. After fath Makkah in the eighth year, after hijrah, there is no hijrah once again. Why did this amal close for the ummah? So we look into the other hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sahaba were required to leave their homes. But what is the true hijrat which will remain till the day of qiyamah? When Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam says, Al-Muhajiru man hajar ma'anahallahu an. That the true muhajir, 
True hijrat is for a person to abandon, to give up, to leave those things which Allah does not want him to do. We are not required to leave our homes, we are not required to give up our businesses, we are not required to leave our wives and children. But the command of hijrat will remain till the day of Qiyamah, give up those acts which are breaking your connection with Allah. Each and every person knows, my respected brothers and elders, we cannot be perfect. But each and every one knows those obstacles within my life that are blocking my connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm in the masjid, I'm in the first saf, I'm going down for sajda. But there's no connection, there's no feeling. There's something that has become an obstacle, a barrier. Perhaps it's some interest-bearing transaction I'm involved in. Perhaps it's the way I'm conducting my business. Perhaps it's some family ties I have broken with someone. There's some act within some illicit relationship perhaps that I am having. But there's some blockage, something that's preventing, breaking that connection with Allah. Hijrat is to give that up for the sake of Allah. Allah has given us a very sweet deal. Keep your home, keep your business, keep your car, keep your family. Stay in your hometown, you do not have to give this up. But bring the true spirit of hijrat alive in your life. Allah has given us a new Islamic year. We do not have to follow the custom and the practice of the disbelievers. There is no need for us to make any new year resolution. But this is an opportunity Allah has given us to start afresh. So that every year at the turn of the calendar we will remind ourselves. The sacrifice Sahaba radiallahu anhum gave so that we are seated here with Iman. And ulama explain that when the Islamic calendar comes to an end and the new year begins, then this is also a chance for insan to remember his own beginning and his own end. That what was my beginning? Ulama say that now I am running a business. Now I have so many titles on either side of my name. I am worth so much. These are my achievements. And insan begins to think, I am something. I can do things, I can make things happen. What was your beginning? أَوَلَمْ يَرَ الْإِنسَانُ أَنَّا خَلَقْنَاهُ مِن نُطْفَةٍ Allah says, we created you from a drop which was so filthy, so dirty, so despicable. If that drop had to fall onto the garment, that garment had to be put into the washing. The sheets had to be changed. That man had to take a ghusl, a bath to purify himself. That was your beginning. And what will be your end? Let that person leave this world and the body is there for one or two days. His own wife won't look at him. His own children will say, please take our father to the Qabristan and bury him. When that was your beginning, this will be your end. Allah says, how is it such? You've got a little bit of strength, little bit of ability I gave you. The intellect, the brains, the mind that I blessed you with. You made a few things happen in this world. You earned something. You set up some empire for yourself and now you want to oppose me. The end of the Islamic year, the beginning of the new year, gives us this opportunity, my respected brothers and elders. Think of our beginning and what will our end be. That today I am seated here, I perhaps have some physical strength, some financial muscle. But we can see the effect of time around us. That youngster who was pumping iron a few weeks ago, a few years ago, and now the toll, or age has taken its toll on him. The hair has begun to turn white. The muscles are slowly fading away. The bones have become brittle and weak. And now he needs assistance to wake up and to sit down. 
Time will not spare anybody, but Allah has given us an opportunity. As long as we are seated here, we are living, we are breathing. Allah has given us an opportunity. It is very simple, my dear brothers and friends. All we have to do is turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make that intention. That I know what is blocking me, the barrier, the obstacle within my life. Even if I have to make it my life's mission and goal. Identify one weakness within my life, breaking my connection with Allah. Even if I have to make it my life's mission to rid myself of this particular thing, I will do it till the day I leave this world, Allah will become happy. And if Allah becomes happy, my life in this world is made, my life in the akhirat is made. Allah give us tawfiq and understanding.